This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, this was a really, really tough game tonight for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Dropping an absolute heartbreaker. 124-123, Wolves fall to the Brooklyn Nets, who... They have a record of 38-29, but the Brooklyn Nets, they're not the Brooklyn Nets that everybody expected going into the season because clearly no Kyrie Irving, no Ben Simmons who's hurt, and no Kevin Durant. But the Wolves still lose to them. 124-123 in overtime. Love to get your reaction at 651-461-9226. That number again, 651-461-9226. And let me just call it how I see it. Um, this was a game in which the Minnesota Timberwolves can put this in the category of they let one slip away. This is a game that you're supposed to have. There are games where you're flat out just not as good as your opponent. There are games where you're flat out better than your opponent. And there are games like this where your opponent has some matchups that they can exploit and make it difficult for you. But you should still be able to pull it out. And tonight, this was a game that the Wolves um, let slip away. And quite frankly, when Nas Reed hit that, when he hit that three-point shot to get them into overtime, I thought that was the shot to get to do it. I really did. I thought that was the shot to do it. So when that ended up being the case, I started thinking and thinking and thinking that we're going to take better shots in overtime. We didn't really do that. And I think that the person that took probably, I guess his shot selection was the worst throughout the game was Anthony Edwards. And I love Ant. You guys know I'm the biggest Anthony Edwards fan out of anyone out there. But at the end of the day, they should have they should have been able to, or he should have, rather, been able to be in a situation to not only put himself in a position to take better shots, but also for his teammates to get some better shots. And I thought that he did a better job of that in the fourth quarter when they started to creep back in it. Because when it got down to an eight-point deficit, I kept saying to myself, man, the Wolves just seem like they're kind of lacking in that department here late. But they were scratching, they were clawing. Six-minute mark, five-minute mark, four-minute mark. I think Ant came back in the ballgame around like the four- or five-minute mark, and they just kept chipping away. And they were able to successfully get it to overtime with the Nas Reed three-point shot at the buzzer. 
But um, when it's all said and done, you just didn't do enough in overtime um, to uh, to pull out the victory. And I thought one of the key possessions early in overtime, if anybody remembers, is you had an opportunity after you won the tip to go ahead and take a lead. And what ended up happening was I thought that Mike Conley Jr., as he's blowing by the defender, had a pathway to get an easy left-hand layup. He's left-handed, okay? But instead of taking the left-handed layup, he took a floater, and he made the shot more difficult. And the floater doesn't drop. And then Brooklyn gets it. They come back the other way. They get a bucket. And then we're doing the back-and-forth thing the entire overtime session. So that, to me, was a very, very difficult and kind of frustrating way to start the overtime. And um, in overtime, if you're playing ahead and you're not playing catch-up, that's the most advantageous position to be in. Um, Chris, what, what did you make of the game? Because for me personally, I looked at the game and I felt like this was one, especially when you're in the West, and we know how hotly contested it is in the West, mm-hmm. trying to get into the postseason. This was one that um, that they just let slip away. Yeah, I, I mean, when you're hearing, you know, when you hear Alan Horton talk about with a win that they can go ahead and make it up to fifth in the Western Conference, and it, it's just, it's frustrating, right? Because you look at some of these and you, you see the three-point discrepancy in the second half or you see all of these missed free throws and, and at the end of the game, it's just that one point in this game, Henry, I mean, the Lakers right now with the way that they're playing against the Raptors, I mean, they could potentially be a half game out of eight. So I feel like the Wolves right now just are not taking advantage of these opportunities. And eventually that's going to catch up with them. Yeah, no, I'm with you. All right, 651-461-9226. Quick apology to everybody out there listening. A few technical difficulties here early in the show, but we've uh, we've got that figured out right now. Cal Soderquist has come up to the booth. He's helping me out a ton. And so let's take a break here real quick, um, Chris. We'll, uh, we'll come back from commercial break, and we'll uh, get more into what ailed the Wolves tonight here at Target Center. Wolves fall 124-123 to the Brooklyn Nets. This is Timberwolves Tonight. All right, welcome back to Timberwolves Tonight, and now I feel a little bit more comfortable because Cal Soderquist came to save the day. Had some technical glitches there in that opening segment. I'm all frazzled trying to collect my thoughts. <laughs> oh. I was going to ask if it's like the old uh, Nintendo cartridge. You just take it out and you blow on it, and then you put it back in, and it works fine. I mean, evidently for for Cal, it was. For me, not so much. Not so much. Did and for you, the Wolves, not so much. Uh, I know the, uh, the 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 Nets were the uh, the the cable to your. Uh, you know, I can't even make. I'm I'm just too tired to even make that comparison. Tonight, tonight sucked. It this was this was a tough one to to swallow. 124-123, the Wolves fall to the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, super frustrating night if you're a Wolves fan, but I'd love to get your reaction at 651-461-9226 because uh, this falls into the category of a game that you had to have and you 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 gave it away. I mean, I, is, that, is that going too far? Gave it away? Not, I'm not trying to take anything away from the Brooklyn Nets, but because the Brooklyn Nets... I thought at the end of the game that they were trying to give the Wolves too many chances. And what I mean by that is, look, I know he's a shot maker. I know he can create, and I know he's got some skills. Spencer Dinwiddie. 
I thought they went ISO too much with him because you know who the best player on their team is? Mikel Bridges. And I was like, why is Mikel Bridges not getting shots? Like, what's, what's going on here? That surprised me. But eventually, I mean, when they were down by three, who took the three-point shot to win it? I mean, not to win it, but to tie it. In overtime, though. Remember, we had a three-point lead in overtime. That was when I thought that the Wolves were going to pull away. Because Ants, when we're leading by one on the, who gave us the one-point lead? Um, Jay McDaniels gave us the one-point lead with the layup that he made. Then the next trip down, Anthony Edwards, he does the kind of uh, the spin, turn, back up, two-point floater to give us the three-point lead. And so I'm saying to myself, one more stop, or at the very least, just give up a two-pointer. Spencer Dinwiddie, he's doing his thing. He's, he's working it, working it, working it. And I'm thinking, like, okay, they're not going to get a good shot off. But he kicked it to Mikel Bridges. Mikel Bridges knocks down the three, and we got a tie game. And that was, you know the thing that I noticed the most on the Mikael Bridges three, Chris? What's that? Guess, guess what I, guess what I, just take a guess at what I, at what I noticed. Oh man. Well, you've got a much better angle. I know, no, no. I'm seeing things in the arena that you don't see. No, that, that's, that's what I'm saying. Uh, was he pointing and nope. complaining I'm, to somebody like he did nope. for every other shot? Um, no, nope. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give it to you. Okay. Because you, you'll, you'll never guess this. Okay. So I put you in a bad position to, to begin with. Um, okay. he makes the three mm-hmm. after the Wolves played relatively good defense for the majority of that shot clock. And Anthony Edwards was deflated. Like the look on his face was like, what? He, I mean, he, he was like, oh my gosh. In, in in that moment, I was like, "Oh boy," I was like, "You can't get down right here," but that really did take the wind out of their sails a little bit because it seemed like they were going to cruise. They got the three point lead. Yeah. It seemed like they were just gonna not not cruise, but it seemed like they were going to eventually pull away. But Brooklyn, I give them credit; they kept fighting, man. Well, and that's what happens when you bring in guys like Mikhail Bridges, like a Cameron Johnson. You know, uh, you know, like a Spencer Dinwiddie, you've got these vets that have had success other places, you know, maybe not superstars, but I feel like now they're going to get a chance to breathe and they're going to get a chance to develop in a new system together. And, you know, while maybe not the, the, the marquee names of the Kyrie Irving and the Kevin Durant, mm-hmm. uh, I think you saw that there, there's a lot more balance to what Brooklyn is right now instead of, you know, what they were with those two guys. And think about this if you're a Brooklyn Nets fan. And I, I know a lot of people probably got off their bandwagon now. But <laughs> Ben Simmons doesn't even play for that team. Think about that for a second. He's collecting and, a check, though, right? And I, and I know, yeah, and I know he's got some sort of injury. But seriously, they've had Ben Simmons since last year. He doesn't even play. Like, are you serious? <laughs> Ben Simmons doesn't even play. Yeah, th- th- and to their credit, he's they got thirty eight wins. <laughs> yeah, th- this team is going to revolve around uh, Mikhail Bridges. I-, I feel. I mean, Spencer Dinwiddie is a nice player, but I I feel like right now the centerpiece of that franchise, at least for the time being, has got to be number one. And, and I think we saw in the first half exactly why he was the centerpiece of that trade for Kevin Durant. Yeah, I, I, Mikael Bridges is awesome. So, so real quickly, let me give you some stats from tonight's game. Okay. 
Um, Anthony Edwards, 32 points, 3-9 from 3, so he didn't shoot it great from distance. And I, and I think that that's the part of his game. When he gets ready to go next level is the not settling for the threes. Like, there are times where he is with, like, six or seven seconds left on the shot clock. He's taking long just as threes. He doesn't need to do that. Okay, number one. But he had 32 points, um, six rebounds, two assists, a couple of steals, three block shots. Like, one of those block shots was just worthy of a sports center top ten highlight. Okay? And um, I don't know. He's just really developing into a good two-way player. Um, a, a rough night shooting the basketball for Mike Conley, Jr. Three of 13 tonight. Uh, 11 points, seven assists, couple of steals, one block shot. Rudy Gobert was, he was a monster tonight. I don't know how many times I got to keep telling people, Rudy Gobert is not the problem. And I don't, don't hit me with the we gave up too much. Okay, I acknowledge that. But I'm talking about just strictly from what he's been doing and, and you know, how he's been producing. He's not the main problem with this team. Was this his, was this his best game as a member of the Wolves? No, it wasn't. Okay. It wasn't, but it was a good game. I mean, 26 points, 13 boards. Four assists, a block shot, and three steals, or, or 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 four steals rather for Rudy. Rudy was awesome tonight, and and we did have a moment where I think a lot of people were kind of a little squeamish and they were concerned because it, it looked like I don't know if he. I'm in the arena and I'm not watching replays. I couldn't tell if it was a knee for Rudy or if it was an ankle. I thought it was an ankle. Jace Frederick from the Pioneer Press he thought it was like um, a cramp. I couldn't. I don't know what they said on the broadcast. Yeah, it. it uh, the the indications were when it happened. Allen thought that it might have been some sort of a an ankle, or maybe Rudy had come down and and landed on somebody else's ankle. I thought it was. I thought it was an ankle. That's what I thought. But I mean, I'm not. I still don't know what the heck happened there um, with that injury. Cal Anderson, man, it, it was like he got off the snide tonight. Seriously, 15 points, 11 assists, and seven boards. One of his better games in quite some time. And then Jade McDaniels, always effective, 15 points, three assists, and three rebounds. But I guess the question now begins to be asked, is this team going to make the postseason? And and look, I'm not talking about the plan. I don't think they're falling out of the plan. I'm talking about will they be in the top six because they're making life difficult for themselves. They should have won tonight, and they didn't, and that's frustrating. has to be frustrating for everybody out there. If you have an opinion, if you have a thought, 651-461-9226 for the Brooklyn Nets. They were led by Mikael Bridges, who was on fire. If you didn't know Mikael Bridges, who he was before, you should know right now. That guy's a baller, man. And it's, you know, he wasn't getting as much respect when he was out in Phoenix because he played with CP3, a Hall of Famer. He was playing with Devin Booger. Booker. Booger. Devin Booker. I'm creating, I'm creating players. Oh, oh my gosh. Now I'm thinking about Revenge of the Nerds. Booger. Devin Booker 
also DeAndre Ayton, right? Those are the players that he was playing with. So Bridges wasn't going to get shined. Mikel Bridges is one of the best two-way players in the league. He can defend his butt off. What up, Alan Horton? What up, man? How you doing? You want to talk? Yeah, let's talk. Let's talk. Hey, we, we're going to talk with Alan Horton for a second. Hold on, hold on one second, Chris. This is live radio, folks. This is uh, Marconi award winning, but you know what? what this I mean, is we the, might as yeah. well. I mean, I'm, well, this I, he's, the, walking, well. he's walking past. And you know, yes. and and we can. Oh, you want? You, hey, wherever, whatever microphone you want. Go ahead, right? Go, go right there. Go right there. Go right there. Make sure oh. you turn it up for him, Henry. Oh, uh, you know what? They're they're all turned up. Okay. Alan Horton's always turned up. Voice hey, of the Wolves. Turn, What's up, Alan? H Lake. It is great to be with you. It, it's look. It's great to have you here, and we should probably do this more often. So we'll yeah. think about that next year. But I'm venting a little bit because this is a game that you got that you got to have. You got to win. It's a winnable game. Such it's a, a team. It's such a swing game, too. If yes. you win, you're in fifth. Yes. You're in fifth. Yes. Against a Brooklyn Nets team that they're gritty, and they've got guys that exploit matchups, and Spencer Dinwiddie was a problem. But you yeah. knew that going in. You knew that Mikel Bridges is one of the more underrated players in the league. And I was just mentioning right before you walked past that he was underrated because he's playing with Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, in CP3. Yep. Now he is about to shine. Yep. And he's one of the best two-way players in the league yep. with how he defends. With all of that being said, we just didn't make enough plays down the stretch to win this game. I, I thought the very first possession of overtime that Mike Conley Jr., he's driving to the basket, an easy left-handed layup. He turned it from a left-handed layup, and he's left-handed into a floater. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, man, that's an easy two. Those type of possessions you can't have. Right. And then they come down the other way and they get a bucket and then we're playing catch up. Uh, it's just it, every possession matters. And so you're right. When you miss that one chance and all of a sudden, you know, you've lost one of your possessions. Now you're down. Now you're playing catch up. It's a completely different mindset and it just changes the equation of the game. And, um, you know, the, it, it, with that said, they did. Build that lead up. They got, sure. I mean, lead. They were up by three. three one yep. possession. Yep. But that's when Dinwiddie did his damage, right? I mean, he got the isolation on Kyle Anderson. He got into the paint and then it, it's just, it's just sort of a force of nature. So hard to stay home on those guys. You want to help. Yep. Um, and the Wolves just helped off of Mikel Bridges on the game tying three and then the Dorian Finney Smith corner three that put him up and, those were backbreakers. Those were two possessions, and the Wolves had gone kind of cold, I think, in the two possessions they had um, offensively. And that's, you know, man, I just look at so many things tonight. The two for 17, three-point shooting in Oof. the second half and overtime. The missed 11 free throws. Yeah. Just in a one-point game. Killer. In a one-point game. I think, I think, I think uh, there was one trip where Rudy missed two in a row. Mm-hmm. There was a trip where I think Jaden missed. He missed at least one of two. Mike Conley never misses free throws, oh, and he missed, missed a free throw tonight. So it was yeah, it was just one of those nights. But also, I'm the you know this. I'm the biggest Anthony Edwards fan in the world. Mm-hmm. He's going to have to get better with the shot uh, shot selection. Yep. With regards to, I know that he can knock down three point shots. Yep. But some of those deep threes, he's settling for them, and he has to. He has to get away from that, but yep. that's part of the the maturation it process. It is, it is, and it's um, it's it, it just seems like it's been kind of rearing its head a little bit the last couple of games, and 
it's not easy to do. It's yeah. it, when 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 the burden really is on you to make the right decision every time. Yep. Um, and, and we saw him shine in some of those moments tonight. Absolutely. But then there were some also shots that you're ta- refer- referencing, yeah. which unfortunately are just as big because yeah. y- y- you're in this tight game. And he makes those shots. He does he make does. those shots. But some of those shots in certain moments when you're up two or you're within three, they come across as, I got the dagger right here. Right. And it's not the best shot to take. Yeah. You know, there was one, well, now I can't even remember if it was regulation or overtime. He ended the air up, ball? Nah, the air ball, but then he also turned it over on one where he kind of, you know, where I broadcast from, it's kind of in the line of sight. He was at the right angle, and he was, he kind of went into where the help defense was, where Cam Johnson, I think, and Cam Johnson's a, a big dude, a mm-hmm. really good defender, too, and just like, um, he, he was going one-on-one on his man, and he kind of ran into Cam Johnson, and they, he got sandwiched, and the ball was turned over, and I think it might have been in overtime. Um, and that's a play too, where you have to you have to recognize that. I, I realize that's a lot to put on a young player, but you're right. If if you're going to get to that next level, you have to have, you know, say he made fifty percent great decisions in, mm-hmm. in clutch time and in, in some of those possessions. Um, it's got to be closer to seventy five or eighty percent. And, and and when other teams are also converting at the other end, then then it almost you have to be perfect. You you really do. It's it's a it's a big ask, and it's a lot to throw on a 21 year old kid yep. who's still learning and has made tremendous strides this year. This is only going to help him. There's no doubt. I think we both believe that. No question. Uh, but it is tough when you're trying to win games and you can jump up to the fifth seed with a win and you don't come away with the victory. I thought that third quarter was crucial too. You just if you just don't if you don't go from up eight to down nine, something yep. smaller, just lose the quarter by 12 or 14. It's it's a different game. Yep. All right. So we got five minutes left. I just want to ask you a couple of questions and, and talk a little bit yep. more about tonight's game. But just this is not about this next question is not about tonight. This is just about in general the season. I know that fans feel a certain way about the Rudy trade, what we gave up and what we got back, and where this team is with a record of thirty four and thirty four. Okay, we expect it to be much better. Okay, we all agree on that. But I have said this for a while, and I stand by this. Rudy Gobert is not the issue here. Now, we can have a debate or we can agree or disagree about the compensation and the package that we gave up. But in terms of just his overall play, yep. like he's been, he's been more productive more nights than not productive. I just, I just, Correct. I'm so, yeah. so my point is, is that I'm trying to tell fans and drive fans away from the being in their emotions and anytime they want to lay blame, they want to lay blame on the new guy because of the record. And I don't think that's fair to him. Right. Or on what was given up, which has nothing to do with him, yep. to your point. And I think also it's gotten – we have seen Rudy get more comfortable, um, and he's played with more confidence. He's played with more force. He's being impactful. Um, he recently had a stretch just of you know four games in a row where he had two or more blocks. Well, that hadn't happened all season. Um, and, again, not to point to things that don't show up in the box score, but you know he, he forces – he forces opponents to not take shots in the paint. It's just still a fact, even though he hasn't been as impactful as in years past. I, I, I think what's going to happen at the end of this year is that we're going to find that it just, it, it, it may have taken the whole year for him to finally get to a level where he can be impactful even more nights than every other. Early on, I would say it was, it was sparse, mm-hmm. not sparse, but you know, just, I don't know, maybe 50-50. Now I think it's more like he's he, he was I thought he was tremendous tonight. Um 
and he's been really good, I think, over the last week or so. I think Mike Conley has helped that. And we still just don't, unfortunately, this whole season is going to probably, we're going to get close to it when Carl comes back and not really know what we have all together. There's yep. just not enough sample size with those guys playing together. And, again, it's not just Carl and Rudy. It's it's the whole starting five. It's, yep. it's all because it wasn't just Rudy and Carl. Um, at the beginning, it was the whole five kind of gelling and yep. not knowing how to play together. Um, hey, real quick, let me ask you this, because yep. I, was, I was on the baseline there in the media section, and I, I couldn't hear your broadcast or listen to TV. What, what was the um, the injury? Was it an ankle for Rudy? Rudy? Yeah. It kind of looked like I, I had thought originally I, he came down on something. but I it, thought it was an ankle, but Jace Frederick from the Pioneer Press sitting next to me, he says, no, I think it's a cramp. And I, I was like, I can't, I can't tell. Huh. I didn't think it was a cramp because he, he kind of walked it off. As he if walked it, was, it off. You know, wanted to get sort of the. And I didn't see back. him in taking any fluids. No, no. So I don't think it was a cramp. And I don't know if he came down on someone. I, then I saw a replay where his other foot was down and his his. He got tangled foot. up with somebody. Yeah, he got a little tangled bit. up yep. in the legs, and I'm okay. not sure what happened there. Because I, I, I'm with you. I think it was more ankle related than cramp. Okay. All right. We didn't get much production from. Uh, the bench players that I, I know, uh, I, I thought that, and actually he's been pretty good here the last couple of weeks. But I thought Nikhil Alexander Walker was was not good for us tonight. It just he wasn't on tonight. He and I thought his shot selection was not good. Yeah, you know the bench has been uh, it's been tough I, th- during the three game win streak. That's what made the Wolves win is the fact that they have balance uh, balance from the starters, from the bench, and those intertwining lineups as well. It was all kind of working and flowing. But these last, I mean, the Philly game, you can just completely throw out because I don't think anybody other than Ant really played well. Um, but we, yeah, it, it, you've, this team, as currently constructed, really needs to have that balance to be effective. And and when you don't get that bench, it's not the reason they lost, but it sure would have been it would have been a win had you gotten some more production from your bench. Yeah. Hey, Alan, I appreciate it, man. You thanks, got it. thanks so Anytime, much. Anytime, Henry. All right, Alan Horton, uh, voice of the Timberwolves, uh, joining us here on Timberwolves tonight. Uh, once again, the Wolves do fall 124 to 123. A frustrating night for Wolves fans. It was a, it was a, it was a fun game to watch. It goes into overtime. Nas Reed. I mean, I, I think that one of the things that Allen mentioned, uh, during the game was he, and he gave him props and he should give him props. Nas Reed was ready. That was his first three points of the night. I mean, to be prepared and be ready to step in and take a shot like that. That's awesome. So unfortunately, that's how it ends up, and hopefully we can uh, get our act together and move on to the next. But uh, we're back to 500, Christopher Tubbs. Back to 500, and we got to uh, we got work to do, my friend. Yeah, we do. And you've got one of the most difficult backcourts coming up on Monday when you go to Atlanta and take on a couple of all stars and Trey Young and uh, Dejounte Murray, and that is not going to be an easy test for the Wolves. Yeah, I hear you. All right, that's going to wrap up Timberwolves tonight. I will talk to you guys on Monday. I am in for Jason DeRussia right here on the Good Neighbor News Talk, 830-WCCO. I will talk to you at 3 p.m. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. 
Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.